Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ladies and gentlemen, it is happening very soon. Live at the world famous Vicar Street in Dublin, Ireland's top comedians will be performing to raise some money for Temple Street Children's Hospital. It's uh, an honour to be part of this lineup. Get your tickets now at www.vicarstreet.com for a gig which takes place on June the 15th. It's coming very soon. Do get your tickets for this amazing cause. Keep an eye out on my Instagram as I'm going to be visiting some of the children uh, that are in the hospital at the moment. They're the people that we're raising the money for. So do uh, get your tickets now at vicarstreet.com. Obviously, this coming weekend, it is the Kilkenny Cat Last Festival, where some of the top comics from all around the world will gather to do the lols for the weekend. Uh, delighted to be making my debut there this weekend. Get your tickets at catlaughs.com. I'm playing alongside such great comics as Phil Jupitus and Eleanor Tiernan and Fred Cook. I'm going to be on the road over the next little while as well. You can keep up to date on everything I'm doing on Instagram and Twitter. My handle is at HelloStevo. I've got some shows coming up in Cork and some exciting news coming soon. I'm delighted to say that I'm going to be bringing my show, Son of a Preacher Man, out on the road. So do keep an eye out on the old Instagram at HelloStevo. On the podcast today... Julie J is fast becoming one of the bright new stars on the comedy scene in Ireland. In 2017, she won Forbidden Fruits Comedy Search and she quickly went on to become a regular at all the major comedy clubs in Ireland. You may well know her from her podcast Up to 90 and she is currently on tour opening up for one of the Ireland's greatest comedians of all time, the great Tommy Tiernan. You can follow all of her adventures on Instagram at Julie J Comedy. She's a great pal of mine, and as you will hear, I love hanging out with her because we always have a great laugh. Enjoy the always funny Julie J. Keep it change, you filthy animals. Julie, 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 Julie. Julie. I just came on so you'd sing that song. Do you get? I'm sure you get that a lot. No, never. Do you not? Never get it. Really? I get a lot of um, Jeremy the Alley Cheese song. 
Julie. And when that you know came out, <laughs> I had to. And when that came out, I had to pretend to be annoyed when people were like, "You really done me on with your big Babylon." But I mean, I was loving it. I got at least five shifts out of that. I was like, it's just so demeaning. But I was like, "Can you?" I was the one putting the request on oh, the DJ booth. I'm like, DJ, "Can you play on. me?" G? And then it would come on. I do an eye roll and be like, "Okay, guys, the joke's <laughs> over. Come on." But um, where, where was that? Where what? Where in the day was that? God, I don't know. Like I was saying, for someone who's going to podcast with the nineties, myself and Ember were saying the other day, I, my like, I feel like my late tween, my late tweens, tweens, my late teens, and my early, my early to late twenties is just a blur. I'm very bad at pin. I'm very bad at chronology. Yeah. When would I, I'd say Ali G was around the turn of the millennium. I'm getting the millennium I, I think bug so, vibe. Yeah, yeah. I think he was uh, probably a few in the late nineties. There's early a whack 2000s. of the millennium bug off mm. Ali G. Isn't yeah. There? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yes, because Posh late, Spice and late. Beckham were like, they started getting big around, oh no, maybe it was late, late 90s. That was know, real yeah. fodder for Annie G. I'd say late 90s, maybe. Do you remember they went on at David Beckham and... and Did they? Yeah, it was very funny because he started telling, he proceeded to tell Victoria Beckham that he's got long pubes and he does them in dreads, man. I was like, oh my oh, God. Oh, this is ringing about. But you see, Victoria always had a sense of humour. Yeah, like, fair play Like always. To her. Yeah. Like David is just happy to be there. Why is she not like coming to Croke Park? Why is she not doing the Spice Girls thing? Well, because she's not friends with the girls. Get with the programs. Well, she's a, she's Look, actually not friends with them. Let's call a spade a spade. Okay? Right. Let's, a bit of real talk. The okay. only reason the Spice Girls tour is happening, okay, is because Mel B is financially fucked. Okay. And the other girls are helping her out. I, right. That is my theory on the whole thing. And I just think Victoria, I would imagine, was not susceptible to the guilting because Victoria's got her own stuff going on. Yeah. Okay, she's been putting up with David for too long now. Why is Mel B broke? Well, she's of course she had that really messy divorce. With that Look, wasn't okay. with Eddie, it was with the guy after Starting Eddie. Starting point. Do you or do you not read the Daily Mail? <laughs> no. Okay, you must read the Daily Mail. Now I have okay. removed the app from my phone long ago, but I'll still just dip in and out. So, so I'm a secret just, Daily Mailer. So you do that just for for the gossip. Just well, I, then I come out with things like I say things like um, to my sixth-year English class. So I was reading an article in the Guardian the other day, and it's always the Daily Mail. And they're like, "Why does this story revolve around Melanie Brown?" I doubt very much that this is the Guardian. No, I have to say she was always my favorite Spice back in the day. I loved Scary Spice was loved a bit of Mel B. Yeah. Is that inspiration for your hair? Well, I think it's, do you know what I wish? She had great hair back in the day. Although I have gotten a lot of messages and I'm not sure how I should take this. Um, You know, when people message you saying, have you heard of the curly girl method? It's like they want to be helpful, but really what they're saying is the stadia. Oh, right. But they're helpful. So we thank you. Because I was getting a lot of people sending messages to see, have you tried CGM? And I thought it was like a new drug. And then I looked it up. It's the curly girl method. What's the curly girl method? Enlighten enlighten the lads. I think it's just, I think it's just something about you shampoo less oh. and you condition more. Okay. Yeah. Shampoo so less. You wouldn't know more. any of this. You've just got that great Argentine. Well, I know I did. I did a couple of times in my life. Tried to grow my hair out, and it's not good. It's really? a good. Yeah, yeah. It, because it doesn't. It, it goes very afroy, and it goes very. Um, okay. And then just, it is I want curly. you to be careful about who you're speaking to. There. Right. Steve's like <laughs> imagine like, like just hair. these crazy <laughs> curls. It goes like your hair, Julie. Yeah. It. It didn't. It, and I did. I, I did because then I had to get into blow drying and hair straightening and all that, and I was like, nah, I'm not too much work. But I like. Um. You. 
know, I do embrace the, I'm starting to embrace the effort factor more. We're having a bad hair day today, but. Um, I, I like it. I think it looks great. It's a bit mad today, but you see, the problem is it's just so hit and miss. So I am going to embrace CGM. Okay. But a GDP or I think it looks great. MDMA. I'm going to just embrace them all come the next week when we're done with the day job. But um, no, I welcome tips all the time. I always have people coming up to me at festivals, etc. And offering oh, their, hair. their hair care. No, more hair care tips. Oh, right. So but Mel B was always my fam- my favourite. Um, she had the bad... First of all, she remember she was with the dancer. Right, is this this is that's at the start. That was at the start. Okay. So that's the so that's Spice Phoenix's dad. So that right. had that relationship had shelf life written all over because it just <laughs> was. You know the way like I think oftentimes with men, it's very hard. Like J Lo, do you remember married? Yeah. Um, her dancer dude as well. Yes, that's right. And I just feel like she is still, by the way. Oh, oh smoking, my god, smoking. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah, major crush. Oh, yeah, that's a lifetime crush for sure. But what did you think of, to digress slightly, what did you think of her doing the Motown? Um, the Motown uh, kind of, I suppose, was it, was it a mashup? But it was like a Motown medley oh, at okay. the Grammys. What did you think of that? It was quite controversial uh, at the time. Was it? <laughs> I what? <laughs> okay, are you or are you not reading the Daily Mail? I'm not. No, because no. she I'm did. Well, I'm gonna say this is a good. Yeah, this is a good uh, thing to get some. Well, she did. Anyway. She did. She did the Motown medley. Um, at was it the? I think it was the Grammys, and a lot of people were quite put out because they felt it was a little bit of cultural appropriation. So um, she got into trouble for it because uh, a few people were saying, surely there was an African American singer we could get to do this because you know, obviously, like hello, she, she's always been doing that, Jenny from the Block and all that kind of stuff. That's See, not Motown, is it, Steve? No, it's not Motown, but hello, it's like... It's, Steve-o. Uh, yeah, yeah, hello, steve That was the the jingle at the start. I had gone, hello, steve And my brother was like, no, you can't do that. In a Cockney accent? Yeah, How yeah. can you not? Because he was because that's what Irish people are like, isn't it? I am... Um, no, listen. Well, she did come back and say, look, this is what we always would have listened to growing up. So I've got the love. She yeah. had the grow. She'll do whatever she wants. But yeah, no, Jano's just getting spice. better and better. So then she had the baby with Eddie Murphy, who... We had we did an episode. We were talking about Eddie Murphy actually on Love of up her to life. ninety. Do you remember when he got caught with the? Do you remember he got caught with the transsexual prostitute? Oh my god! Sex worker, sorry, sex right. worker. Okay. And he claimed he was just being a good Samaritan and giving her a lift home. A <laughs> good man, fair play. And Eddie. he has so many kids from different relationships and he actually said in the affidavit so when it came to he was disputing paternity like when it came to this with Mel Bobby, B. Mel B yeah that's right I remember that and he came back and he said he quote this just made an indelible mark in my soul I acknowledge the existence of other children <laughs> which I just think I know you were a daddy <laughs> so like maybe you know, there are a few lessons to be gleaned from that. Just be as clinical as possible yeah. in your language. Yeah, I acknowledge. So do you acknowledge the existence of I absolutely. We're gonna have to <laughs> we're gonna have, have to delete that now after the after the podcast. We don't say her name. I should have told you that before. Oh sorry. Crying, don't worry about it. Just, I tell you what it is. The is baby. The baby, my daughter. Do you Just acknowledge the existence of, of the, baby. the baby? I do. Uh I do. I absolutely do. I have no choice. She acknowledges my existence. Anyway. She definitely does. <laughs> yeah, I can't deny her. Um, so, so then, 
Victoria is basically saying that she's not she just doesn't need the money so Mel B's broke because Vic- of all her relationships well, and all her divorces well she then got married your man Stephen whatever his name was and that and just seemed to be a really turbulent it was awful, quite abusive awful, wasn't it awful toxic relationship so, yeah because so, I saw I saw actually here I, I'm in on this one she was on Good Morning Britain with uh, Susanna Reid and Piers Morgan and uh, she was basically saying did you see that one no where she was going how abusive he was and all that and blah blah yeah. blah, blah and then at the end of the interview Piers Morgan it was so awkward Piers Morgan had to read out this kind of going all these statements are not necessarily true or oh blah, blah, blah. Like, and she was like no she went mad no 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 and, and, uh, Pierce, they are no, true we have to read this out sorry <laughs> but I know it's like that huge legal caveat at the end but I just remember do you remember she was on some one of those talent shows I don't know it was an X Factor or some one of them but I just remember she missed a couple of episodes and she came on and like just looking back she had like a couple of bruises in her arm she just looked really, really? shook oh my yeah, god yeah 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 she just looked really shook but then her nanny came out and and he came out last year because obviously she's embroiled in this huge custody battle uh-huh. at the moment. And then her with kids that she's had with this guy. Well, she because she has I think it's three little girls she has. So right. she has the the girl the uh, the little girl with the latest husband. And then I mean Phoenix is like twenty now. Oh, you know wow, what I mean? Like right. I mean Phoenix is wow. like a grown woman. And there's um, Eddie Murphy's uh, the child she has with Eddie Murphy in the middle. But I know the male nanny came out. Uh, last year and he I like I mean he just ripped into Mel he was like no she's way. a terrible mother really brings home strange men every day of the oh, week wow. constantly out on the piss like I'm doing this because I love the kids like you know that kind Ouch. of I see it's hard to kind of I don't know it's hard to grapple with that rationale as well like the thing of I'm gonna go to the press yeah. to tell these to tell the world that these kids have a terrible mother because I take care about these kids you know yeah, it's yeah. hard to kind of yeah, well, it's hard to marry that logic, isn't it? I suppose, but then if, like, if she's maybe he was doing it to cover up for, you know, she's giving out about everyone else. I don't know. Who fucking knows? Well, yeah, it's, and like, like also, does she have? Does she? I don't remember her. She does look sometimes like she's had a few nights out. Or like she wasn't having any addiction problems or anything like that publicly, did she? I don't know. I don't know. Well, in the, well, this male Annie was basically saying she was on the lash every single day, <laughs> right? Which I mean, you know, here in Dublin is you know That's just normal. a regular week. Jesus, but I he no, he was saying she was on the lash every 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 day of the week, and she then she got into big trouble that interview with Piers Morgan when she said about Jerry and herself. Oh, what's getting she on? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I mean, right. poor Jerry. Yeah. Did you not really feel for Jerry? Yeah, but you know, you know, Inej uh, met Jerry. It was the cutest thing in my I've ever seen in my life. Did I tell you this story? No. That Inej used to. Inej was, was quite heavily pregnant, working in a a, a pharmacy in London. A lovely pharmacy. She's. It's a, a man's world. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she was serving this woman, and she said she was a bit grumpy at the start and all that kind of stuff. But she had in her head, I kind of, I recognise this person. And then when she went to the till, like they have a thing where in that specific pharmacy, because a lot of rich people go in there, you're yes. not, you're not to bring attention to it, you're not to say anything to them. Like Rod Stewart is in there all the time, and blah 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 blah. Okay. So it gets to the till, you know, realizes who it is, and she says, she says to her, "I'm sorry, I'm not supposed to ask you this, but." I, 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 can I ask you are, are you ginger spice and she said yes you know Aww. and she started it went bright red and she was like oh my god when I grew up in Portugal I was always ginger spice in the band when we when we made the band with the girls and all this kind of stuff and Jerry said to her come on we'll do a photo and all that kind of stuff because Jerry That's had just really had a baby lovely. asking her all about the pregnancy how did everything go and blah blah blah, blah. so uh, she was sound, and I have this picture on my phone of it's the cutest picture ever with Jerry has her arm around Enid Jerry wanted the pic yeah, give, giving her a hug and 
Nina's just like red with like, oh my God. And you see, it was probably the fact that she just had the baby. So in that yeah, moment, there's that connection. shared com- experience. Yeah. See, Jerry is like my, um, she's like my baby goes because she had that baby. She's like 44 now. Yeah. And she had the baby. And I love her. Have you seen her with Bluebell? Like Bluebell and herself did this little cookery thing on like one. Bluebell's Bluebell like, Bluebell her daughter, is it? Bluebell's her daughter. That's a lovely name. It's Bluebell Madonna. Blue Although Bell. that's too much now. It's too much because <laughs> she like did Blue say Bluebell's nice. But when she did have, even though it's very um you will be thinking Bluebell, you know, yeah, here yeah. in Dublin. Bell, it's got a different it's got a different meaning. But she when she came I remember when Jerry had the child and reading the requisite um interview in like okay or was probably okay it was hardly hello but <laughs> she was but she was saying oh you know i plan to call her Bluebell, and then she came out screaming like she was in wembley and i just thought i'm gonna call her Bluebell madonna and you're like jerry that's what every child does okay Bluebell is not special because she came out roaring. Okay, that's kind of what happens. That's what a baby does. But Bluebell's great. Like she's, re- and you know what was so nice? I thought as well. She was on. I think it was like Good Morning Britain or some one of those morning shows. She was right. doing like a cookery segment, and uh-huh. Bluebell was just super with Jerry. She was kind of calling the shots, and really you know, well. over, she was like, "You've got to let it cool." Like right. you know, really, really lovely little girl. It's a funny time with that where we are in our lives. That like I was watching interviews with Noel Gallagher's daughter yesterday because she's now doing she's the media a rounds. Model now. Oh, is that what she does? Right. I actually didn't know why she was being interviewed. But is it a name? And Anais, I think. Anais, I think it's Anais. A-N-A-I-S I think they were doing a lot of drugs at the time right. so they probably didn't know how to pronounce it themselves yeah yeah. because yeah, his, his, her mother I don't remember Meg isn't it Meg yeah she was a mad yeah they, I remember the two of them being um, on the Late um, Late Show Meg Matthews oh right yeah was she a big DJ head or something like that or? she was no I just made that no, noise because I think there was a lot of clubbing happening yeah I definitely so do you remember I remember when they had the Bobby and like they had a whole wall which was a fish tank in their house and I remember thinking because this is you know you're still at the age like you've heard about drugs but I hadn't really like it didn't it wouldn't have registered with me that you know people get off their face and they say you know what we need to do with that wall it needs to be an aquarium so like they had like this in-house huge aquarium and they had the baby and Meg I remember was bringing the baby like to clubs and stuff and I was like that is so cool like that's (laughs) the mom I want to be yeah off me head do you remember the first time you did drugs the first time I did drugs, oh God, it was probably a long time ago, I'd say. Um, the first time I did drugs, well, I think there was always, a bit, we're of that generation, there's always a bit of, there was always a bit of the wacky tobacco floating around. Okay, right. And then mushrooms were a big thing. Really? I remember, yeah, because I remember I was hanging around with this group of guys in West Kerry, they were mad for their mushrooms and half the time we weren't even sure if they were regular <laughs> mushrooms, but you just didn't want to let on. And then, I mean, I suppose... I mean, I suppose the whole pill popping culture kind of happened in college. So did you? Y- so I don't remember any singular moment because yeah. I think it is. It is that classic thing. And, uh, you know, you do say to kids, they're like, whatever. But you do start with one. And then once you've done one, you're like, oh, sure, fuck it. I may as well do the next one now. So it's hard to actually pinpoint the first time mm, as mm. such. And I think because I was such, I mean, our generation, well, you're a bit younger than me, but I think we just, 
we just used to drink such an amount of alcohol. It's actually quite hard to discern. Like you think back to times when you got so fucked, you crashed awake, like Mm. that you didn't even know the person. And you think that must have been drugs. But then you think, no, it was actually just a bottle of Bookfast. Yeah. And there was a lot of alcohol. I remember even around here, like when I was 14 and 15, we used to go to watch Bows and Daily Mount. And we used to have six cans before the game. And then drink... Like, I wouldn't drink six anything. <laughs> and you know the thing of, like, on the, uh, going to the discos and you'd be on the bus mm, and <laughs> you'd inject, you know, you'd inject the oranges and stuff with alcohol and oh, then you just eat the orange. Never did that. And, uh, like, the That's adult supervisor would be like, how are these kids getting fucked off their face <laughs> on fruit? Yeah, yeah. Like, what the fuck? And Where did just, you get the needles? Who knows? But, you know, that was a <laughs> hypodermic. I know. Off our friends doing heroin at the time, we're listening. Yeah, can yeah. we just borrow your needle just to inject this orange with vodka? Um, yeah, like to be honest, I really God, that's a good question. When was the first time I did drugs? I can't remember. Uh, the first time I can't remember the first time I did pills or any so of that. This is so you you were talking about wacky to, wacky tobacco wacky backy and mushrooms I see I was and never he, I was Down never it. big into the smoky Mac smokers yeah because I used to look at people and this is you know because obviously a lot of people now are talking about decriminalizing all the rest um, and so many friends of mine um, would smoke but I always had this fear because there was always a lot of older people hanging around Dingle that were completely soft in the head and they were big smokers so I always had this fear of actually kind of getting really into it and the brain cells would just turn to mush so I always had that phobia but weirdly I never had that phobia about the harder stuff Mm. well they're different they're different uh, stimulants as well like there's ups and downs and all that kind of stuff and if you get into the downs yeah I definitely didn't need a downer I needed a bit of an upper in my life probably this is let's put this into context for people who haven't a clue originally you're from Dingle in Kerry yes possibly the most beautiful picturesque town in Ireland yeah it is so nice I haven't been there I'm trying to convince friends to move to Dingle I'm like this could work this could happen so you know the way sometimes people hide their phones and their partners because they're like texting other people or sexting or something like that I hide my phone on Fred because anytime he picks up my phone I'm on daft and I'm (laughs) looking up houses to rent in Dingle I'm like we could make it work I mean it's so I'd say the prices are good are they it's really expensive I mean it is but it's like the same as West Cork though Oh, to rent even is oh, expensive. it's as bad as Dublin. I mean, the oh, same is true. You're a Cork boy. Like West yeah. Cork is just yeah. It's because it's 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 ridiculously popular. It's um West Cork is posh though, mm. isn't it? Like if you were it's, looking to buy and rent, it would be expensive as well. I've wouldn't never it? I've never looked into it, but like my relationship to West Cork has been um because like especially actually if you're from East Cork, like I'm from Middleton, like, West Cork isn't even on your radar. To be honest, with you, we're but going you're up there. so far away. It is. It's it is a long way it's away. A, but it's still. like a massive physical yeah, distance. Yeah, but. Uh, I, I, my relationship with West Coast, well, I, I worked in a restaurant down there in 2011 and uh, it was great. And it's massive food scene down there. Loads of great produce yes, and all yeah, that. Yeah, kind of yeah. stuff. But you're right. Yeah, there seems to be uh, a lot of money down there. And there's a lot of people from all around the world seems to settle there. You get lots yes. of Germans there. You get lots of Americans. The that same with West there. Kerry. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you get lots of like very famous, rich, famous, like Jeremy Irons has a castle down, Graham Norton. You know, all yeah, these yeah, guys yeah. live down there as well. Um, so, uh yeah, there's definitely so so that kind of culture that they have in, in in West Cork of you know the hippies are there and all that that kind of bleeds into a bit of Kerry as well like people are Massively selling that way. Massively so yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah yeah. Actually, did you listen to the West Cork um, audiobook that series? 
No, I didn't know. Couldn't recommend it enough. Really? It's okay. absolutely, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's fantastic, yeah. West, it's just I called West Cork? Yeah, it's okay. called West Cork. It's about and merger of Sophie Tuscanto. Oh, Lumpy, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's really, really good. Right. And I think anyone, you wouldn't even necessarily have to have a connection to the West of Ireland. Like, I think, A, if you're of a certain generation, you would 100% remember that merger. And then also, if you've ever been to the West of Ireland, even, I think you kind of be familiar with that whole, as you say, it's this Definitely. really funny mix, isn't it? You've got... The most alternative hippy-dippy people yeah. known to man. And then they're also like living within, like basically it's like that group cohort of people. And then you've got the wealthiest of the wealthiest people yes, all yeah. living together. Yeah. And then you've got people who are actually just from the area in the middle. Like it's just this it's really a weird, interesting it's a funny mix. mix. Yeah. I always think East Cork, I always think more Waterford. Yeah. You've got probably more in common with Waterford. Plus, you yeah, and I, Waterford and Cork City, yeah, yeah. It would have been, like Cork City was a big part of your life growing Cork up. Cork City's fab though, yeah. isn't it? Do you love it? Yeah. How do you feel about it? It's funny when you're from a place as well. I, I like going back now. I mean I left I left a long I left uh, 20 years ago now so um uh so Cork City to me was always like the big the big city you know yeah, getting the yeah, bus yeah. up to Cork um and then I went back I, I've been back recently uh, in the last couple of years and really enjoyed it like it's doesn't feel like a city anymore having lived in London and yes. stuff like that and then um but it's that's a nice thing you know it yeah, feels like yeah. a really cool gorgeous town aesthetically it's very nice it's really improved hasn't yes it? I think it really has in it the last really 10 years it really has yeah um, and you're so close. You can live in the city, and you're so close to going to the beach, going to the woods, going <gasps> to the countryside. That's what I love about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've yeah. genuinely thought, like, just um, I, I don't know if it's possible, or maybe I'd have I have to have more money to set up. But I've genuinely thought of setting up there. You know, yeah, and kind yeah, of being yeah. if I had the the finances to be able to travel from there. Um, it's it's gorgeous. But would you, how would Inez feel about it? Do you think she loves it aesthetically? But yeah. I think it, like where we are in Dublin, we have our family uh, close by sense, here. It makes probably. a lot. Yeah, it, it makes more sense. But what are your memories of growing up in 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 Dingle? Uh, well, what was it like? It's like because it's a small place on the literally on the edge small. of Ireland. It is small. I like. I think because you see, I would have spent my time between Kildare and Dingle a lot. Okay. So for me, Dingle was always like the safe place. Right. I love Dingle. Like even going back there, I just feel this mas- massive emotional response. Like it's like getting a big hug when I go oh, back to Dingle. Nice. So it is lovely. I think it was probably. It's kind of, it's a place of mixed emotions for me now, I think, because you look back and, like, I think my teenage years, being a teenage girl in the 90s was really tough. Okay. So I think when you go back to Dingle, it is physically beautiful and it is like getting a hug when you go back there and this there's this amazing sense of community. But also you think, oh my God, like, I was a bit of a wild child right. um, in Dingle now when I was a teenager. So I think that you go back and there's, you just think probably a lot of negative experiences happen there yeah. as well. I mean, even you referenced there like the binge drinking, yeah. like just kind of running wild. Like and when it that wasn't happens necessarily in the small good town, time. It's kind of and everyone knows you. your business. Yeah. So like there is that element. You know, it's funny now. Even going back there with Fred, maybe you're kind of going back and presenting it to him in such a way. But you might like go back to a pub or somewhere, and you have a flashback to oh my god, I remember the last time I was here and. I was such a, it made such a tit of myself or I yeah. scored your man and I should have scored your man and I wonder are they thinking back to that? And do they remember? <laughs> so there is an element of, I think, when you go back to somewhere and you've done your growing up there, there's an element, maybe a wariness. Yeah. 
So it was a great place. It's a fantastic place. What I love about it as well, because I'm a bit of a grail goer, and I think the older I get, the more I appreciate that this is such a culturally rich area. Absolutely. And I love the fact that like Irish is still spoken there. I love the fact that there is this real connection to the earth. Um, and I think it's kind of, you know, it's a funny place for me because I absolutely love it. But I think at the same time, growing up there, it was pretty wild. And I got into trouble quite a bit when I was down there. So sometimes even going back now, you think, oh, God, like, are they thinking back to that time that this happened, that happened? And they're not because people move on. And I think people obviously, you know, remember that you were just a kid and, you know, everyone yeah. goes through those phases. But I was very bold, very bold. Eve, brothers and sisters? One brother, one twin brother. Twin brother? I twin didn't know you were a twin. Yes. Wow. His name is Edward. Hi, Edward. He works in the post office and he lives in Port Leash. Okay. So if your package hasn't arrived, <laughs> get on to Edward. Just no need for a surname, just email him. Edward, okay. So what was it and like then, being a twin? How did Well, I think it's different when you're fraternal twins. You know, I think when you're not... I, I was always quite... Well, you know the idea of like, so obviously we're not identical like it's yeah. a boy and girl um twin twinship um like i think the funny thing is is that like i think it's just a regular sibling relationship when it's a boy and girl okay, twin okay. i think it's completely different even i think single sex twins sometimes have that closer bond because mm -hmm. there's that deeper connection yeah. but i think obviously and then the next level being like if you're identical twins like it's just i can't get my head around that at all yeah. like they really are just the one person yeah. like any identical twins i know even my age like, it's amazing how they've made similar choices and right. like they're just very much like one unit in a way. Yeah. And even the people they've married are quite similar. Right. But I think like, to be honest, I, I do think it probably is just a regular um, sibling relationship. Like I would be massively protective of him. Really? Uh, yeah. Like he'd, like he'd have a couple of health problems and things and I'm just super protective of him. And like maybe maybe that is a symptom of being a twin like i'm probably like overly protective of him okay. and i'd be really worried about him and i mean i'm a fresher anyway but i think that there probably is as i get older i realize maybe there is that neck it's more si more similar i think when you're a boy and girl twin to being a regular sibling but i think there probably is that next extra layer of something when mm -hmm. you're a twin because it's some it's something that fred comments on all the time which I maybe wouldn't have noticed that I'm just so super I'm I'm just always worrying for him I always want to mind him and Fred is always commenting on the fact that I do that and do you uh, as I as I lower the pillow over Fred's face because uh, I'm such a <laughs> I'm a suffocator are you love. <laughs> so are you contact, in contact with your brother all the time kind of a thing a or? bit well you see he lives in Port Leash yeah. and you see I'm so busy I mean I'm sure you you're the same obviously because you've got a myriad of things going on I think our schedules don't really lend themselves unless no, someone is in my immediate <laughs> it's really not like yeah. unless somebody is in my immediate vicinity yeah and like lives down the road for me. I'm just not going to see them. Because I was talking with this a f uh, uh, with a few people uh, yesterday about it actually. And like, it's kind of why we should definitely be um, sticking together comedians a little yeah. bit more and kind of being friends and, and hanging out and making that more of a social thing because it's, yeah, because it's other they're the outside people you of that, see. They're the ones you see more yeah, than yeah, anybody yeah, yeah, else, yeah. you know. Um, and it is, I think, because like, some people say with comedy, you know, it's a bit cutthroat and all the rest. I really don't think it is. Like, I've made some fantastic friends in comedy. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you're the sure. same. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I've, 
I certainly since coming back to Ireland and it's kind of starting starting out in Ireland, I've really I've really enjoyed it. I've really yeah. enjoyed people around. How does it compare? Were you doing comedy in England? So I started out in London, yeah, on the London scene. Because oh, I knew you were acting. Uh, yeah, I yeah, kind of. I'm doing. I'm probably doing stand up long. I'm doing stand up longer now than I was doing acting. I got picked up in acting. I'm very lucky. Yeah, I yeah. So at 25, like I'm a carpenter. That's what I did. No, don't say that about you. Even though there's nothing wrong with being a chippy. There's by nothing the way. wrong with being a chippy. We all did wood, junior work. woodwork. Did you do woodwork in school? Uh, I didn't know. I did. Um, did you I did, ended up doing construction studies, but I was I was a messer now as well, Judy. I failed the junior cert. And you didn't see, do I was cert. yeah, because I was a nerd. I, when it came to then, I was a nerd when it came to school because I felt this massive familial pressure because we're quite an academic family. Okay, what so do your parents do? I well, my or well, do? I'm thinking my cousins and stuff are okay. huge academic, but my dad's a guard, my mom's a teacher. Right, but there was always That's a proper thing, Irish family. Proper, isn't it? we're talking coppers.com. Coppers. <laughs> they met in the dance and dingle. That was it. The deal was done. It's like that day with a joke joke you know our parents generation you like soup i like soup and the deal is done but i think that because i've been such a messer 50 i remember was a really bad year for me because i was just so wild like doing everything and anything really really bold so i was basically causing carnage and dingle and then i kind of panicked for my leave insert and i was like i don't want to be i just it was good in a way because it was it was six year then i just metamorphosized into this ultra nerd which i think is my natural state i am a natural nerd but i was just rebelling against (laughs) my natural state um but yeah chippy is a great old craft but i remember when you came to i hadn't met you but people were saying you know there's this guy over from london and he's like an actor he's doing comedy and you're like oh right now you see and then people were like i mean these are got this these are guys by the way saying this they're like he's a good looking guy like just see he's like but it was just so what? unusual for a guy <laughs> on the comedy scene to be anything less than a mutant that even the men were commenting he's like this good looking guy he's over from london you must have seen him i was like no but <laughs> Like these are I think people think I'm good looking in Ireland because I've got like a bit of something else going on. Well, I just get a bit of a tan. Do you know what I mean? I, 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 just I, I, got, I, do you know what you have? You have melanin in your skin. Yeah, and we're like, wow. wow. Oh my God, amazing. Because honestly, in London, it's just like, I'm like, it's it's very, you know, and I were talking about that the other day. We are like not good looking in London. The two, the two of you guys are a seriously good looking couple. Though. I think, I genuinely think we're just, we're both Latino looking. So Latino, it's like, uh, yeah. So it's like, you know. But it's just, it's look at this dim sum skin I d- <laughs> do you know what I mean I think it, I'm I th- translucent I think the more uh, Irish but Irish women with that skin colour embrace it the better Irish well, women have, are gorgeous well, absolutely I, I wouldn't say that now but I think just I am trying to embrace it a bit more but I just need to perfect the look I mean I was saying if myself and Fred ever have a baby it's just going to be translucent <laughs> I mean honestly did you did you do the fake tan and all that stuff I used to I mean god when I was oh, I remember going out in Dingle as a youngster and you would be questioning my race like I would just <laughs> like you would go for the spray tan and you'd be like they'd be like well we just do like a light and I'd be like no 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 I want it as Full dark on. as you can go I was just I remember I used to look at Jodie Marsh do you remember Jodie yeah, Marsh yeah, yeah. I used to look at her I once brought Dude, in her picture one of the lads picture. from Westlife went out with her at one point Keen, I think went out with her didn't he did he? I think he might Well, have, he's yeah. married a girl called Jodie. Is it not a different Jodie? Oh, right. Jodie's the one. Do you remember she had the bits of sellotape yeah. covering the titties? The titties. And it was like then Jordan. She became a bo- she got into bodybuilding. Yeah, she? massively yeah. into the bodybuilding. Um, and then 
she and then I had to laugh. I remember she was in a lesbian relationship, but I remember reading an interview with her and I was like, something about this logic is just a bit off, Jody. She was like, Yeah, look, I just said I try out being with a woman because men have pissed me off so much lately. And wow. I was like, Okay, I think that's kind of on an affront to actual lesbian people because I mean it's not something like it's you, you know what you've annoyed me so much I'm gonna try this now that's actually not really how sexuality works Jody. Yeah. but Jody has embraced the bodybuilding and then she did the thing of remember she married that guy and they were doing the celibate thing that she didn't want to have sex with him until oh, they he, were married and I don't know I don't know was it that but right. I think she was like I want to like I don't know. I want to like be. She probably wants to do something different. <laughs> yeah, and then the marriage right. bombed. I like oh, it dissolved really? after a very short period. But Jody, I can remember bringing in a picture of Jody, and there was this makeshift beauticians on in, on Green Street Dingle. It was definitely Green Street, and I only recently I was like, I can't remember. Jesus, there was the a beautician there, I think. But I can remember bringing in a picture. Wow, Stephen. Of I went gone to the internet cafe. I had printed off this girl, <laughs> and I said, "This is the level of tan I want." Oh my god! And this is before exfoliation so I still had like a good three layers on me already and they were like okay <laughs> and then I was off like down to the turbots like you know wow eyeing up the guys on the walls sir I mean it was just a dark period in my life but yeah no I think the thing with the fake tan like obviously even the kids in school now and stuff you know I see these gorgeous girls they're coming in any event they're layered in the tan and so, I did it myself but you're like you want to say you're beautiful yeah you don't need definitely, this totally and I, I think there's I, I actually started to um when I, when I was living in London and I come back to visit I remember each time I came back I think fashion changed a little bit as well and I remember looking at Irish girls and going wow they're they're looking stunning you know they're really embracing the, the white natural. skin, the natural white skin and makeup became just the lipstick or whatever or something a little bit in the eyes and embracing the colouring. So and do you beautiful. think that's changed then? Did I, you notice I, it's I, a change? I, I think when when around the time when all the hipster stuff kind of started, fashion started coming yes. in, the high cut jeans You're right. um, and all that kind of yeah. stuff, the Doc Martens and all that stuff. That's, that is that very also, true. That also embraced uh, uh, women uh, who were, for example, if it was cool to be skinny, you know, in fashion, that kind of look and the hipster thing really embraced every all shapes and sizes yes. and made everybody just it was and sexy, actually you know? even as you say it because I think the whole hipster thing like you know there's a certain element obviously of it's a bit contrived but it definitely did allow for like again when I was starting to go out etc and hit the club scene it was all about the the mini skirts yeah. stiletto heels. Yeah like strapless tops like yeah. I can remember saying to friends should I put on a strapless top or the mini skirt and we were hitting up the hill grove <laughs> which is like the club and dingle and I can remember her saying both and I was like both <laughs> and I remember her saying to me give the guys what they want <laughs> she did not she did say that go to for me. it girl go for and it and I remember we had done some <laughs> charity event that day and I had a badge and she suggested something like for the asthma society or something oh and I can remember she suggested me put taking the badge off my pleather jacket and putting it just right on the nip right on the strapless top and I was wow. like this is just so extreme so I love the fact now that I think that even that type of fashion like mini skirts strapless tops I think that kind of lent itself. It yeah. fed into this culture of now we must tan ourselves within an inch yeah. of our lives. Yeah. And I think with the hipster thing, as you say, the nice high cut jeans, like just nice little shirts, blouses, etc. It doesn't really feed into that monster. No, not at all. And it, it's really, um, 
in some ways people were doing certain things like like, like ugly became beautiful ugly became cool sometimes yeah, which a little I love. bit as well kind of subversive with yeah, it because yeah, uh, I used to be big in the into the punk do you remember Hole like I used to love like Courtney Love and yeah, all these kind of yeah, people yeah 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 and yeah. then, of course, she kind of fucked herself with the cosmetic surgery as well, didn't yes, she? Yes, she did, for sure. So you're ba- so back in the day, that's what you were, like, in school and finishing school, you were, like, that's what you were doing, going Pretty out, much. getting smashed and shifting lads. Oh, was I was that, a terrible Really? Hoe. Was that the... I was a terrible hoe. But it's awful, oh. like, I look back now and I think I'd say you were, just... not, you were the girl, because like, I've seen, like, you know, I'd say you were, you were the hot girl in the town of Dingle, come on. The hot girl? Absolutely not. I can I remember... Give over. <laughs> I was shifting a guy, I will not name him, I was shifting him for two, actually longer than two decades. No, two decades, yeah. So I was shifting so was him roughly boyfriend? over two decades. No. And I can remember he still didn't want to tell people he was shifting me. Stop. Because I think, do you know what my status was in social circles? I was the girl that people did like. Okay, the guy's like, yeah, she's a nice girl. But I was not the one that they wanted to shift. Like, absolutely not. I was the one that the guy would saunter up to you and say, and you would be like, this is my moment. There's a disco ball in the corner of the Fiona disco. This is the moment where he's like, I want want you and he would be like listen he'd like lean in you're like it's happening I can't believe it and he'd be like listen is there any way you can chat to your mate because I really want to shift the face off her and we did have a frenemy Um, myself and my best bud had this frenemy who would she, the fellas were mad for her like absolutely mad for her and I can remember um, I finally shifted this guy that I was mad to shift mm-hmm. and just uh, was it immediately after I'm trying to think uh Oh, yes, it was immediately after. And you know the way you'd be riding the high because you're like, I can't believe I finally got the shift. Absolutely. I really fancied this guy. And she said, listen, just so you know, I said to him that you've no experience with guys whatsoever. So I told him to take it easy on you. So like, you know, no funny stuff. And I did that because I love you and I'm your friend. And you're like, oh, my God. And only recently I met that girl and it is funny how, you know, people like reproduce memories. You're like, do you remember that time? And you're like, oh my God. Like, I don't know, is it that she is just choosing to remember a certain... Totally. I don't think mem- version of events. I mean, memory is totally memory unreliable is anyway. Totally, but, un- yeah. So, okay. but I'll never forget that. I told him to take it easy. And, you know, I said that she don't have any experience with guys. You're like, oh my God. So and and you didn't want like so, but I told him to take it easy, but you're saying you wanted the opposite. I want well, I mean, I wouldn't say I wanted the you opposite, wanted the romance. but I didn't want him necessarily knowing that he was like my second shift. Do you know oh, what I mean? You. I understand. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know that kind of thing. Yeah, it was that always thing of, of oh, talking? I mean, how many guys have you shifted? Oh, how long have you got? Like you know, always answering a question with a question was right. the trick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so how many guys have you gone out with? Oh, I mean, how long is a piece of string? Like yeah. always, just. Kind answering of, with these kind of non-committal statements was that was that a thing growing up that like for girls like how many how many you shifted is that like oh a, yeah oh, really okay oh right. yeah i can remember the truth or dare games and like you know it would be like again you'd have the friends you'd be like how many guys have you scored and they were like oh you know 14 and then you'd have to make up numbers and then your friends again the frenemies present because it was every woman for themselves i mean it was such i really hope things have changed for teenagers now and i think they have because 
you know, I, I genuinely do think things have changed. But it was such a doggy dog culture. Like even yeah. in those truth or dares and, you know, how many guys have you shifted? And, you know, your mate had say 14. So, you, you know, your answer was zero. So you'd have to say, I don't know, five. And then someone else would be like, oh, come on, you haven't shifted five. Yeah, Give me their and names. Like, who? Yeah, name them. Oh, just Jesus. some guy. You yeah, wouldn't yeah. know. Him. Up and kill dares. So just some lad. But yeah, no, it's, it's, I think that, I mean, I would like to think, and even based in my limited experience, of teenagers I do find it reassuring that I think um, that element of things is not what it was do you think it's different now I think or it's think, different I worry that it's more advanced and that people are like I like think, porn you can get in your phone straight away yeah, for example oh, now, do you know what I mean it's awful like that used to be a meeting once it's every six re- months yeah. down the graveyard for a pile of magazines you know what I mean? yeah but now it's like the world has changed well sure because Ronan Grace talks about that that his um, wank material of choice was always hello magazine that's the only thing <laughs> yeah. you get your hands on yeah. but I do, I do you know what I think though I genuinely do believe this I think that Teenage girls today put more value on themselves than we did. Oh, really? Oh, 100%. Because myself and Emma talk about this quite a bit. And like, you know, even I can remember going to parties and like it was a case of you wouldn't want to shift a guy and your mates would be like, come on, he's after giving you a can. Don't ruin the party. <laughs> shift the guy. Now, that, that 100% is the truth. It's like, don't ruin he the buzz. He gave you a can. <laughs> shift the man it's not a big deal but I genuinely do think I think with the advent of like me too times up all that I think the discourse I'm not saying it's done a complete you know 180 but I do think the discourse has improved that side of things for girls I think because just the vernacular wasn't even there when we were that age to say well hang on I value myself more than I can (laughs) So I'm not going to go to that room with that man. You know what I mean? It was yeah. just like, oh, look, I, you're right. I shouldn't let it down, let the side down. Like, you, it was just not, you know, that I think there wasn't necessarily, uh, there just wasn't necessarily the same level of support maybe for girls to say. I don't think there was. I think I'm better all, all, than that. All round at all. You. Like, I think in general, it was like, it, it was too, like in the 90s when, when you're going through all this, it was too, um, it, the, Certainly, again, I was growing up in a small town, Ireland, as well. There was no conversation around that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then you, everything you were doing was you, you knew it was wrong. So then you're like, oh, you shouldn't be doing it, blah, blah, blah. But like, yeah. it's just a vicious circle. That and there was could no, have been you're right, because there was no, um, there was no dialogue. Like the people who were giving you the birds and the bees advice were just the random, the random men and women, like, well, not even men and women, but you know, those older kids that were still kind of hanging out with you up the park and other play, and yeah. they were the ones giving you advice, yeah, which yeah, yeah. is not the most reliable no. source. An, an, an older teenager or something like that who's cool because he smokes and he tells you X, Y, Do you know what I mean? It's and they weird. were the people who were getting, and I know. Do we have sex education now in schools? We do, yeah. I can remember I was teaching in a school in Limerick and we had the pure of heart uh gang in did you hear of those no. there was a bit of controversy about them because they're all like you know about abstinence and waiting oh, until you're okay, married right, and yeah. you know they crumple up a fiver and they say who wants that fiver now you can still use it but it's not the same as a nice crisp new fiver like this kind of thing um, so it's just not it's not real life you know what I mean yeah. and I have to say when I was teaching in Limerick I was going through a bit of a bit of a, a bit of a hoe phase when I was in Limerick as well so I was really getting my shift on left Limerick right and centre the last year I was there so I mean it made me really uncomfortable 
uncomfortable because I was like, I can't really subscribe to this theory at the moment. But there's that. I think, well, at the moment, like the school I'm in um, has offered a fantastic like sex education program. So it's very organized, very step by step. Um, it's 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 supposed to be brilliant. I've never actually taught it, but it's great. It but I know in Nimerick that was the thing. But I mean, in school, did you get sex education no. in school? No, I, I've never had sex. I mean, I went to a lot of schools, so by the time I switched to them all, maybe I missed them in one year. <laughs> but like, uh, no, I never got I never got sex education. I had the one awkward time with my poor dad. Bless him, he was in my show. But where he, he gave where, it a go. He did, yeah. But he made it weird. He brought me to West Cork, believe it or not, to a cottage for a father oh, son God. weekend, and then we've got a book going. All you need to know about sex. I'm like, really. Could you make this any weirder? But that is actually um, lovely that he no, was he like, tr- let's. Yeah, yeah, he, tr- he was like, what he didn't know at the time was I'd already had sex. So. Oh, no. <laughs> so well, how old were you when you lost I, your virginity? Uh, I was 12. Um, if I was, yeah, I was 12. Oh, I, was, I wasn't in secondary school, I know that. Um, I remember you said that in the show, actually. Yeah, yeah, and it was like, I. I you were in didn't primary know. school. Yeah, and I didn't know, I didn't know what I was doing, but um, it's. There was there's so much I think for me then after that there was so much guilt leading you know after that because of my religious such a strong religious household I don't know yeah. if I'd grown up in a normal Irish home that I wouldn't have given a bollocks you know after that maybe I don't know I think I think though because especially the time we were growing up even if you weren't and I know yours was a particularly religious household mm. but I think there was that um, people were was, starting to let go of it, of it all they were starting to let go but there was still that guilt like yes. even you know, obviously my household was like a, your tip quintessential like Irish Catholic yeah. household but there was still that sense in what you were doing was wrong and yeah. it's just I suppose it's just about the lines of communication like there was no way in hell I could have gone to my mother or my father and talked yeah, about what not. was going on or do you think it's okay if I went off with this guy because he gave us a can and <laughs> you know my friends were saying that's what you do like there was just no so then there was all this internalised guilt wasn't yeah. there yeah totally I, I and I think how much do you think that feeds into into you as a person uh, today And because I, I definitely see it as an Irish trait in general do even you? even today I still kind of go why are we and I've, little things like when I was uh, I'll just you don't in living in London and you're living with with people who are from all over the world yeah so living in London is not, it's not you're not living with English people no. you know it's kind of like and the, you realise how Irish you are about certain things like for politically Ireland is an amazing country in comparison to England far more far more liberal without without Would them you reason think so? far more of a socialist mindset yeah as a nation way yeah. more of a socialist mindset um, but then when, when it came to certain things like sex or like abortions and all that kind of stuff it was so like you know we're naturally more shaky and we naturally feel more guilt about doing x y and z than than colleagues or friends that i would have had in the uk do you think that feeds into like uh, you've talked very openly for example recently on your instagram and stuff like that about your anxiety oh god and stuff i thought i blocked you that. Stephen, from that. <laughs> yes well i think you see because i would be i mean i i don't know could i necessarily put it down to religion or anything like that but i no, think yes, certainly sorry, yeah. but i do think growing up the time we were growing up and we were coming of age like certainly i think being a teenager when 
I was a teenager was really hard and I've probably internalized a lot of the guilt like a lot of the shame a lot of like for example I I actually mentioned this to somebody recently and it wasn't even a joke but I (laughs) I genuinely did say like even the whole mental health thing like I can remember I was always like I used to be get quite sad when I was a teenager right and I can remember my dad in one instance saying if you don't cop on if you're not careful we're going to get you help and that was the mentality then was that it was a threat it was like okay then everyone will know like okay. I'm crazy. But the idea that now if you reach out and look for help, it's encouraged. So I think that probably it's easy to kind of say, look, I think everyone's a product of their past to a certain degree. But certainly for me, I'd be a real one for internalizing ideas or thoughts and mm. not necessarily sharing or verbalizing. And then I've gone the other way now with the Instagram where I'm like a slurry truck exploding. And sure, even I to laugh <laughs> because then you forget who's looking at your Instagram. Yeah. So sure, a lot of my six years now would be following me right okay. and i was saying i've just been anxiety 101 the last few weeks and they're like you're all right miss like i'm fine but you see you feel like you need to be you need to be so kind of um strong for other people whether it's like the, your partner your child yeah. your family your friends your students whatever it might be your colleagues but then i mean personally i think and i know people take a different you know some people would not be into that whole like let's be honest with our feelings on social media, I respond to real talk. So I know if somebody says to me one day, you know what, I have all this amazing stuff going on, but I still feel I'm failing. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. I find that refreshing and reassuring. We're all in it together. But I know other people think, listen, there's no need for the overshare. It can go either way. Okay. There's, there seems to be a lot in, in what you're uh, alluding to there. And, what some of the anxiety is seems to be there's a little bit of self-depreciation going on like you're feeling you're not worthy of oh of completely. X, y, and, and Z, yeah and creating uh the anxiety for example for, so people who don't know this like you're literally doing stand-up comedy four years three years, three years. Yeah. so we're the same we're, we we're are the same. Yeah. yes we're the, as in we're the same doing the same amount of time um but you've had this amazing opportunity this year with tommy with with the greatest comedian in the country without a shadow of a doubt and nobody disputes that and you've been touring the country and he asks what if you're not in the industry um what the bigger comics do is that they'll get they'll hire another comic to do like an opening 20 25 minutes for them before their show to kind of warm up the crowd and all that kind of stuff and that's what you get to do and you've been doing it for the top comedian in the country. Yes, I know. Well, I think there's an element of it's been such an amazing opportunity. But then I suppose you have a bit of an imposter syndrome. And certainly now doing the MC on the Tommy show on, on it's TV, on, on RT, TV. Yeah. it's on RT and Saturday nights. He's the one now who kind of put me forward for that. And you do. I think it nearly compounds your guilt in a way, because, you know, if you feel like you don't deserve these opportunities, like I have been riddled with guilt in terms of getting like the Tommy shows and this, that or whatever. And actually, I think one of the things I'm trying to do now is just own the success. So I would be a real one and saying, oh, well, I got this. Oh, but sure, look, I mean, you know. But why, But what? where is where does that? Why do you think? think that you don't deserve it that's well i wonder because sometimes i don't know i mean i think maybe sometimes it's just your personality type like i think it's a monster thing do you think it's a monster (laughs) thing well i i I remember uh well i'm I'm, i've watched you a lot talking about and we've we've chatted a lot about it and i remember uh shout out to dominic cronin right i was in first and second year damo damo first and second year with him and i and i in uh he's originally from carrick tool and he um 
I bumped him in, in a chipper. I, I visited Middleton, like, just I was driving through. I was like, oh, come on, let's go to I this chipper. I bumped him in a chipper, sounds I bumped like into him, sorry. <laughs> and uh, I was I chatting to him. I gunned him down. And he hasn't changed. He's as humble. He's, he's now a farmer. And he was like, uh, he went off to, he was telling me about the, the school he went to to learn about the farming. And he uh, helped out in the farm and all this. But he was the most humble guy I ever met. But Dom's thing in school was that he was the best footballer. He was the best Gaelic footballer. He was the best uh, hurler. He was the best at golf. Mm-hmm. He literally sports with anything he threw your hand to. And every lad that was around wanted to be Dom. And any time you gave Dom a compliment, he'd say, shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. He'd go, ah, oh, Dom, Dom, you're like literally the best. Here. Shut the fuck up. But you he'd see, I, how do you respond to that though? I still, it's the thing of, say you know, thanks. when you say to an American, <laughs> I know, but it's the thing of like when you say to an American, that's a nice top. And they say, thank you. And you say to an Irish person, they're like, oh my God, this old thing. Um, you know, I I pulled it out of the Vincent de Paul bag this yeah, morning. Well, yeah, like, yeah, people do that. Like, like, where'd you get that? Johnny pennies, Johnny pennies, Johnny pennies. But I do think no. But then you see, sometimes I find because I now I do think it can be the problem is when you feel that level of guilt about getting certain up. I mean, I I I don't know would you do this, but I know after gigs, I will always focus on what went wrong and what yeah. I didn't do well, and you'll never focus on the big laughs. You'll always say, "But then I fluffed that line, yeah. and I should have said this, and I should have said that," and I'm trying not to do that as much. But it is hard. But then, but that's but that's kind of the job, and that's it also is kind to of reflect. you actually going. I you, you're being a professional. Well, I think you're going, so. I, I, I need to be better at my and job. And I would rather be critical of myself than to be complacent and say that was yeah. great and I'm yeah. brilliant. There's always because that's worse. That's definitely worse. Yeah. If, if you're thinking, I like you, you'll see plenty of comics out there going, "I ripped the shit out of that gig." And and we've all why been am there. I not getting the Tommy Tierney yeah. show? And, it's like and I think yes, and I think sometimes because there has been a bit of that which I found a bit disappointing to be honest, like just a few comments from people like, I mean, a lot of people have been very supportive, but I've actually been surprised at the amount of people who you might do a gig with them and there'll be some snooty comment made like, oh, well, isn't well for you getting that gig or... Really? There is a... Yeah, and there, and you know for a fact you walk away from it and if the WhatsApp audios between myself and Emma Doran were ever released, I would maybe (laughs) send a venti audio to Emma saying, oh, it just... It's it's unsurprising, but it's still disappointing sometimes when people because you know what they're thinking is I should have got that gig or I would have. Do-. But what really? I what I've done is I've just taken a step back and said, look, Tommy obviously saw something in me that he liked and he wanted to. You know, he's a real man. He's so democratic. He, I'm sure he'll have somebody else now for the next leg of the tour. He's real all about like sharing the love, giving people opportunities. He's very supportive of comedians. He just saw something that he liked. I have no idea why and just ran with it and that's you know yeah you have to trust Tommy's judgment and that but it is hard because you do have the bit of imposter syndrome and all that but I think sometimes it's part it's I've kind of accepted now that it's part of me to be humble like I'm not a braggy person and you know I think that it can be crippling and debilitating if you let it go too far and if that kind of manifests itself in like oh I'm not good enough and you know being really down on yourself and very negative about yourself I'm trying to change that internal dialogue but I do think being humble is just me I can't imagine I mean you're not a braggy person either I don't I don't I, mean, I think if you're a stand-up comedian who's fucking braggy like good luck you're not gonna but they are you know, out there though but you die in your you, they, you yeah know, you die in your hole yeah in, yeah yeah in, in, if you're talking in terms of a career you're gonna die in your hole like what's the brag about it like, is funny know? isn't it sometimes and you know it's interesting the different internal dialogues people have themselves because we've all seen people do a gig and you think oh okay 
God, now that didn't go well. The poor guy, poor girl. And they come off and they're like, that. I'm really happy with that. That went really well. And it's interesting because in that moment, <laughs> isn't it? And in that moment, you think, wow, like you are so positive about yourself and how maybe it's just a projection but like it's it's so refreshing sometimes to hear somebody say yeah I think I you know could have gone better but I think I did well I'm like wow like I'd love to have that capacity to be kind to myself but I can't see it happening anytime soon there's a yeah there's a lot of um having to be you know I I, I always say and it's like it's, it's not I always say either it's like this is passed on from generations of comedians like you're always one gig away from dying on your ass you are for, yeah from a, from a humbling moment and, the, and the last couple of Tommy gigs I had were actually really hard I felt I didn't get on that well it is not to be all well with me but it it has been I think you know in terms of anxiety and stuff the last few months it's been a very busy period for me mm-hmm. because I'm just finishing up now on my full time job mm-hmm. where I'm a secretary teacher I have a lot of exam classes so like I was driving down to Tommy with copies in the car right. and correcting them like 10 minutes before I went on stage. So I don't think I gave those last couple of gigs my best. Yeah. So, I mean, that's humbling as well. Yeah. You know, you but think, that's well, life as well. There's nothing you can do about that. You it's, have to and do it's it. such as the arbitrary nature of life. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it, it's a funny one. But I mean, I do, what do you think of the whole social media real talk thing? Would you be a fan? Uh, personally... I think it's a, it's a difficult one because I think if you go in general social media, I question how how good it's for my mental health. Oh, it's full negative. Stop. Oh, it's um, really bad. But yeah. then it's a it's a necessary evil in order to like we're in, working our asses 100%. off to put on shows for people, yeah. and we have to sell tickets. Yeah. So uh, it it becomes a thing of like you know I think to turn into ma- making it fun, I wouldn't necessarily do the whole expressing the mental health stuff possibly because I generally don't know there's an issue going on until something's exploded <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and yeah and it's too late yeah so when something goes bad with me it goes fucking bad and um it's just like i'm switched off from the world completely then you know yeah um so uh it's not that i'm anti-expressing it i do sometimes i'll i will uh go i hope that person is actually talking about it as well as, yeah and, and the, i think if you're using social media to deal with the issue that's the disaster Which some people do that's a disaster because i think in the last week probably why like because i think the main thing was that i put up saying you know i've gone through a period you know where i've just been maybe a bit down on myself and blah blah the main reason i put that up was because um i had been kind of off social media for the last couple of months so i right. suppose it's that thing of reconnecting with people and saying yeah. this is what's been going on and then people were really positive about that and then the last couple of days then i was kind of like anxiety 101 but i feel it's good to talk about it but as you say there's a fine line i don't want it to become my vehicle for dealing with things or i think i think if you're exp- like it's kind of if you use it in the same tone as um you're telling people what's going on or i'm str- or, or, i'm struggling with this but then you are actually dealing with it yeah and i think think for me like even the last couple of days I was being fairly flip not flippant but you know I was like oh this is how I'm feeling today but then you know the next thing I'd be like oh and you know hey here I should be armed that's the new thing in Florida they're arming teachers oh wow so you know I'd like to think it's not too heavy heavy but then I don't think it is you know because I think you the thing about you I've always thought is that you talk funny as in well that's it people like your gas and (laughs) you're like but I'm saying I'm I'm having a breakdown (laughs) yeah Yeah. No matter what you say, people think, Help it, think it's me. funny. Like, They're like, ju- you are a ticket. Th- like, Julie, very kindly, I did my first uh, stand-up comedy hour in... Which was last September, Last September. And very... Uh, uh, asked Julie if she would help me by uh, getting the crowd going by doing 10 minutes at the start of the show oh, for me. You didn't me. need me at all. And... and, <laughs> and uh, 
it was and I realised then afterwards on a hashtag I'd never seen you do stand up I know but, but it was but I knew you were funny because just to, just to talk just my face just I suppose <laughs> and you know what was so funny I only thought there recently remember I used to bring you on to now first of all and this will used to always be met with a mixed response I'd be like it was very on and off wasn't it yeah I but I but no no but it was just this last bit I'd be like okay now first of all on a serious <laughs> note I don't care what people say men are funny yeah. okay let's just get our heads around that did you men just, are funny did you just do that for that show yeah oh, and then wow, I'd be like so good. now so keep good. this en- keep that energy going <laughs> yeah, yeah. keep that energy going <laughs> he's, a, he's a wonderful guy he's funny he's good what else do you want me to say That's I what you know did. that was very good but it was a great show it what was, a brilliant story yeah it's um, yeah it was good and we're both sorry yeah because we're coming to the end now but we can, we can both coming plug to the end we're both going to be in, in the Edinburgh Fringe Festival in, we in are August. I'm and really looking forward are you to looking that. forward to that yeah I am so your, your first time it's my first time yes Gilded I'm Balloon, excited the best name of a show ever do you think so it's called Julie Really Love Me and I need I actually forgot yes! I know well I need to come up with a bit of a narrative thread is the only thing because at the moment it's just jokes 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 I think this is a great this is a great um, experience for both of us to oh, kind of go let's yeah. dip the footing we're both we're all doing there's a load of us in our agency are doing a week each or like four, four to five days yeah, yeah, dates yeah. each in the same venue over the course of the month and then we'll all go back next year and do our, do our that's the plan Hopefully. Our what, what's month. the name of your show again Son of a Preacher Man Oh, is that the one you're bringing over? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought she had the other one. No, that was ridiculous. That's why I, I called are you, it. That. Are you not? Are you not bringing over? <laughs> not because there's, there's not there's not but much there. But because it's a much better idea to bring. I mean, Son of a Preacher Man is a great show. Yeah, and, and the story is brilliant. And I've, 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 by the by the I did a second run of in Smart Alley, and I wrote a new a middle twenty for, and I'm very happy with that. And it gets did you write darker. a brand new twenty? Yeah, even so, Fred. Uh, Fred. Fred heard some of it. Do you remember we were doing the preview there and recently? Fred and he went. Sent what? Some, <laughs> Fred sent you. He sent you some feedback, didn't Fred, he? After at, the Son of the Preacher Man. After the very he. So you he guys. Loved he was it. The, the opening night and he gave me the best notes ever to close off the narrative he uh, because he was like people would like to know where your mom your dad and your daughter are, uh, and all are at and I was like brilliant and, and you know what was great because Fred he's such a dark horse because I know he was mentoring Aidan Green last year Kilkenny and we just start going out and I was so impressed actually with his ability he's actually great at critiquing mm. like very good at the constructive criticism mm. like even I suppose because he's been doing comedy so long yeah, like yeah. it's interesting even when he'll say something to me but like that doesn't work because X, y, you're giving too much information yeah. or like he's very yeah no he's very discerning but he absolutely loved your show yeah no he was he was great and yeah it's it's all it's work but I, I think Edinburgh is going to be for, for both of us for all of us to go over and kind of dip the toe it's, in yeah. and see the work of uh, the job of work ahead of us for the next few years you know and I think that because actually Anya in Lisa Richards gave very good advice when she she I remember her saying once you start doing it you have to keep doing it mm-hmm. so it's good to just dip the toe in and yeah yeah, yeah. And see I need. To, I now need to go and write a show. Is the thing? Julie really loved me. No, I put the you. pencil down. I said, "Title done." Now that's it. And <laughs> um, I mean, I might have hour. to start mentioning Fred. You mention Inez, don't you? In your in my show, yeah. But what, what do you mean? We're just do you, like I talk about her in my relationship. You, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. At the end, you, you're yeah, still going to keep that yeah, in. Yeah, the the um getting pregnant and all that kind of stuff after seven months very good very good oh yeah I've said to Fred this is couple goals for me getting pregnant after seven months come on Fred (laughs) seriously do you want to have babies oh 100% mad for the babies but Fred isn't quite there yet and I do think 
you know, I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be rushing him. He has to get there in his own time. I Preferably think, I, before think I run out of eggs. <laughs> We're currently down to one and two. My eggs have names. That's how few eggs we have at the moment. But um, yeah, so preferably, preferably soon. But we'll be revisiting that guy. I'm mad for babies. I'd love a little Fred. Oh yeah, it'd be great. Can you imagine the hair? Yeah. And the dim sum skin? It would be a funny, funny baby. It would be the funniest baby from day one. Julie, what dates have you got coming up? Oh, a lot of... Well, what do we have do? What do I have down? I'm doing... I'm supporting... Uh, sporting Neil actually for a couple of days Neil next Delamere. week Neil Delamere uh, doing Body and Soul Kilkenny Cats is happening Kilkenny Cat Laughs is happening all on together the now what, is happening when are you on in uh, Kilkenny I Cat Laughs I think it's Friday Saturday the dates have changed when are you on I'm on Saturday yeah Saturday they great move around, yeah, but anyway. yeah, yeah, so catlaughs.com you can catlaughs.com all the information there and I'm doing all together now very good as well uh, when's that in August? It's in it's in it's the first weekend in August. So I don't know. Yeah. I I don't I'm know. I'm in Edinburgh that one. Are you in Edinburgh that yeah. week? What dates do you have coming up? The what do I have coming up? Cat laughs. I'm going down to Cork and Kerry. Going to do Coco's and oh nice uh, Wonky Donkey and the Killarney Comedy Club and all that kind of stuff. I guess I saw that yeah, yeah. happening now. Yeah. Is that Bernard running that? I don't think so. I okay. don't know. There seems to be a few of them collaborating with each okay, other. So good. I'm going through your man Cornelius. Brilliant. Um, okay. So, uh, and then, yeah, Cat Laughs, Edinburgh. I'm sure there's a few people. I have a wall chart upstairs. But um, anyway, and where, where can people follow you? Uh, you can find me on Tinder, Bumble, CatholicMatch.com. <laughs> it's Julie J Comedy. It's so Julie that's J. on Comedy. Instagram. Because it used to be something that used to be Life Advice with Julie J. You've changed it. too much. Good. But it was originally so, Pillow Talk with Julie J. Oh, and then Jesus. my fifth years were like, please, what is this about? This is just <laughs> so grim. Um, so so it's Julie Instagram at, is my thing, really. Okay. At Julie J Comedy. Yeah, you're great crack. Thank you She's so brilliant much, Stephen. Um, you're so lovely. No, not at all we'll do this again for sure Julie J ladies and gentlemen yay Stephen Mullen thank you so much hey it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.